All right, listen up, listen up. This is so unique because there's been so many virtual guys that have come this morning. I'm like, are you a hologram? Are you really real? So if you're typically on the virtual side of Ironman, come up here and stand next to me real quick. Uncle Randy is here in the house. Randy came over from New Smyrna. Steve came over from Panhandle. Craig came up from uh, South Florida. And David came over from Mineola. Unbelievable. So this is what it feels like when you're here, guys. So thank you for being online. And thank you for representing the virtual. And thank you for coming and supporting our speaker this morning. So appreciate you guys. All right. Back to your seats. The, the virtual guys are like, I don't even know where to sit, stand. Where do I go? <laughs> Typically, I'm in my PJs. All right, David, come on up here and introduce our speaker this morning. Hey, guys on the line. I got legs, man. I got legs. So truly, none of us were from the virtual table. Craig did come up to speak, and we have two other guys coming in the next couple of weeks, but we're glad to be here. Anytime you can't make it to this face-to-face, -face, feel free to join us online. We do have a table there, and they're, they're actually watching us right now. Today, I'd like to open in prayer, and then I'm going to introduce our speaker, Scott. All right, so let's close. Let's uh, have some prayer here. Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity to be present. Father, may we all be present to hear your word. Father, we pray for Craig as he brings these things that he's been praying about for months to share with us. And Father, we just pray that we represent you the way you would want us to represent you in everything that we do. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, Craig wrote this for me, so I got to read it because I don't memorize very well. Craig and his wife, Madeline, live in South Florida. They've been married for 36 years. She actually puts up with them for that long, okay? They have two grown children, one living in Boston, the other in Los Angeles. Craig's journey, and I've gotten to get to know this guy virtually. In fact, I walked in today and didn't recognize him because I saw the side of his head, which I don't see often. But Craig's been um, 16 years in the aviation industry, 15 years in vocational ministry, working for his church and the National Christian Foundation in South Florida, and owning two businesses, including his current practice. He has a passion for business, especially mid-market family-owned businesses. His focus is on helping owners maximize the value of their business by building a trusted personal advisory board focusing on developing their people, building relationships with customers, implementing scalable processes, and creating an attractive, engaging culture. In other words, he makes you do it better. And he does it with a heart. This guy's got a heart. When we are talking in our small group as a table, I can always count on Craig to have the right scripture or the right word to kind of bring us together. So without further ado, Craig Huston. I love the high-tech podium. Th thank you, David. That's a lot of pressure. He said, I've been praying about this for months. I barely prayed on the way up here from South Florida. So I don't know. Uh, so good to see all of you. Uh, as you heard, I'm part of the virtual team, got introduced to this through David, and when COVID happened, it allowed me the opportunity to participate. So we have folks from North Carolina, Georgia, Puerto Rico, and all over the state. So it's really a cool thing. So thank you for allowing me to be here. Are you guys like too serious or can we have a little bit of fun today? We're gonna have a little bit of fun today. So look at the person next to you, just say, we're gonna have a little bit of fun today. And now look back at him and say, good, because you really need it. All right, help me finish this sentence. See something, say something. I want to change that up today. And we're going to go from see something, say something to see something, 
do something. And even that is a little tough. Our first responders will tell you, if you say, hey, someone call 911, who calls 911? Nobody, right? So you point to somebody and say, you call 911. So we're going to even change that up a little bit. And we're going to say, see something, act, act. So that's our theme today's act. It comes from Nehemiah chapter one and two. And I'm going to kind of set the stage for you. Again, we're going to have a little bit of fun. So my Bible scholars out there, don't get too mad at me. So we're going to set the scene. Nehemiah is walking around, morning walk, kind of getting his head on straight, thinking about his brother, kind of wondering how things are going down in Jerusalem. So he does what all of us do, pulls out his cell phone. He's texting his brother. Hey, bro, what's up? Hey, I haven't seen you in a little while. Why don't you consider taking a trip to Susa? Whoop. Continues the walk. He's uh, waiting. Cell service wasn't very good in Persia back then. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got the bubble. Three dots. Three dots. Oh, bro, that'd be awesome, man. Do you mind if I uh, bring the guys? OMG, yes. Bring them. Let me know when you get here. Give me a call when you get here. And of course, you guys know the rest of the story. All the flights were canceled. So they had to walk. Took several months for that journey. But they show up. Nehemiah is super stoked. Sees his brother, Hannah and I. High fives all around. They sit down, have a nice little meal. And Nehemiah says, hey, how's it going? What's happening with Jerusalem? And his brother goes, dude, it ain't, it ain't too good. That's the original Hebrew, by the way. Dude, it ain't too good. The city was in ruins. The temple had been built, but the walls were still in rubble. The gates had been burned. And it was a gut punch. Any of you ever had that gut punch when you get some bad news? It was a gut punch to Nehemiah. So what does he do? He just, he's, he knows there's this need. He feels compelled to do something in Jerusalem. But he's got this crazy job. He's the cupbearer to the king. A lot of responsibility. He knows something needs to be happening. He goes before God and cries out to God and he asks God for help. And then he makes this courageous commitment. He's going to do something. He's going to say something to the king, which is very high risk back then. You say something they don't like, what happens to you? It's all over but the band-aids, right? So he goes before the king. The king looks at him and he goes, dude, you've never had a sick day. I know you're not sick, but he's wearing his emotions on his sleeve. What's wrong with you? Now he made that commitment to do something and he takes the first step. And he tells the king, what's up? Interesting. When we take that step, how often has God gone before us? And instead of getting angry, the king says, what do you want? And Nehemiah asks for the moon. He asks for everything. And God gives it to him through the king, says yes. And the rest of Nehemiah, it's a personal journal. Nehemiah is a personal journal of his journey and the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem. It's an amazing thing. So our theme is act. When you do something, act. And the act is ask God for help, courageously commit, and then take the first step. And I know the iron men that I see around here, you guys are willing to do that courageous commitment and take the first step and ask God. What happens when you don't do it? I'll give you a personal example, kind of embarrassing story. Had a client, CEO, very toxic CEO. We're coming up at the end of our first year. His team, poor team, they would take two steps forward and he would drag them five steps back. And I knew God was telling me, fire this client, fire this client. And I didn't do it. You know why I didn't do it? Money, right? This, this is a big client, a lot of money. We're about to enter into negotiations for the second year of business. But then it happened. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And I mean a great fall. And the women that he had the fall with also had cell phones and had video cameras. The CEO, the CFO, the COO, the chairman of the board all got fired. My client evaporated overnight. The team, super excited when the new CEO came in to bring me back in and start working with them again because they were really making progress. Meet the new CEO. He said, great, Craig, I love you. This is great. Nice program. Too bad, so sad. Can't use you. I don't have the political capital to bring in anybody who is affiliated with the old regime. So I what I was trying to save, I lost. Had I lost it, I would have saved it. I was totally ignoring God. Now, let me give you another example. Our latest hurricane here uh, reminded me of this. 2005, Katrina. 
hits the Gulf Coast. All eyes on New Orleans, rightly so. I mean, almost 1,900 people lost their lives. But what happened is now the other communities aren't getting their needs met. They're not getting addressed, right? So I just have this thing on my heart. And we have an advanced team. I'm on staff at my church at the time. And we hear about Biloxi, Mississippi. Now, Cedar Key just had a seven-foot storm surge. We see the flooding. We see the flooding in Tampa. And I'm not diminishing that. Biloxi had a 28-foot storm surge. It literally obliterated 90% of the structures along the shoreline. Houses were gone. I mean, there weren't foundations. There weren't pipes. There weren't electrical wires. They were gone. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in a bad way. How do we get people there? I needed 80 volunteers. I needed $50,000. Where was I going to get it? So I asked God for help. My wife and I made a commitment that we would do whatever we needed to do to make this happen. But where was it going to come from? I got a call from National Christian Foundation. Hey, Craig, one of our donors set up an angel relief fund. They'll do a dollar for dollar match for all the money that's raised for the hurricane. Okay, now we got to go out and start fundraising. Then I got another call from another person at NCF. Craig, this is weird. Don't know how this happened. Some random lady in North Carolina won a car in some raffle for a fundraiser. And it just showed up on a transport truck and she's donating it to us. We, 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 don't, we can't even process this thing. We don't know what to do with it. I had a friend who owned a car dealership and so I called him up and I said, hey, if Madeline and I buy this car from NCF, can you take care of all the paperwork? So we got a thumbs up on that, called NCF, we bought the car. Those funds were designated hurricane relief. The matching fund matched that and $55,000 was sent to our church to fund our trip. 80 people served one month in Biloxi. We ministered to hundreds of people, and it's because we, this time, listened properly. So what I want to challenge you with, men, is that you become men of action, right? That's what the book of Nehemiah is all about. It's a great leadership story, but it's all about action. And so when you see something, act. Ask God for help, courageously commit, take the first step, and talk about what that means for you at your tables today. Thank you all very much. It's been great to be here. Thank you so much, Craig. I'm looking forward to the rest of the morning at our tables, and I'm looking forward to uh, the rest of this month and having the virtual table really own the, the, the teaching, really lead the teaching time portion of this month. Uh, we're going to spend the rest of the time at our tables, so I'm going to uh, hand the floor over to our table captains. And again, if you slipped in and it's your first time, we have a first-timers table right over here. We invite you guys to.